Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. We've been talking for the last two Sundays on the fact that abundant life only comes from obeying God, but you can't obey God unless you know how to hear Him. So we've been talking about different ways to hear God, the different ways that God speaks and that we need to be attentive to. Because if we don't know those things, then we don't even know to hear Him in that way. And I left off right when I was about to say that we have to hear Him in order to obey Him. We can't be obedient unless we know how to hear from God. But this is, this is really a big thing that I want to share with you. God won't talk to us about certain matters unless He knows we'll be obedient. He won't. Because He doesn't set us up for failure. Any time that God reveals something to you or puts you in a situation, it's because He sets you up to succeed. Even if it's a trial, even if it's difficult, the Word of God says no temptation has seized you except for it is common to man and that God has provided a way out. And so He'll never place you someplace where you can't obey Him. You can't choose the right thing. You'll always be able to. And in the same breath, He won't share with you the deeper secrets and power and it goes on and on and on. Um, the intimacy he won't share with you certain things if He knows you're not going to obey because He has to hold you accountable for what you know. He has to hold you accountable for what He shared with you. You in this room, just by what you're learning right now, will be held higher in accountability. You will be more accountable than someone that's never learned this, someone who doesn't know the Bible. You are accountable to what you know. You know, even kids know that. When I was doing um, a lot of things with youth and working with uh, Campus Life, um, I, I remember so clearly one of the young men found out what the subject was, and I think, I, I think it was on, I mean, I was very specific with him. I think it was on sex and that kind of thing. And um, he said, i got to go. And I said, where, where are you going? And he said, I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want to hear it because then I'll be accountable for it. And he left. Thank God he did come back and we shared some things with him. But, you know, that's truthfulness. Kids are pretty truthful. And so we need to know that we want to be more and more and more obedient to God, which basically just means you say, yes, God. Yes, God, yes, God. Or I agree with you, God. Sometimes it's just, I agree with you, God. I remember on a walk, I shared this with my Wednesday Bible study group several years ago. I was on a walk, and I just remember feeling just not quite right. And I said, Lord, you know, search me and show me any way in me that, that might not be of you. You know, just praying the end of Psalm 139 is so powerful. And he did. He showed me lots of things, <laughs> lots of things that I needed to change. And I said, God, I'm just overwhelmed, you know. How can I change all those things? He said, all I want you to do is say, 
I agree with you. And I spent that whole walk just saying, I agree with you. I agree with you, God. I agree with you. And with every step I made, I got freer and freer and freer because I knew that just with me agreeing with God, He would give me the grace and power to change. He would give me the grace and power to do what He was asking me to do because that's God. It is pride to have a will that says, everything's willpower, I'm just going to do this and this. I can decide. That's pride. It's more joyful for God when we obey by submitting our will to Him and saying, I can through you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, God does speak to us. And I want so much to be like Isaiah was reading here in the Word. And Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord asking, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then he said, Here I am, send me. You know, wouldn't it be great to always be that person? You, I always think, well, why does God so much use this person and, and then not use this person? And it's really a matter of, here I am, send me. I mean, obviously, it's not necessarily the most equipped person or the, the most articulate person. It's just somebody that says, here I am, send me. It has nothing to do with ability. It has everything to do with availability. And we're available to God when we're listening. And sometimes all we can do is say, I agree with you, God. You know, He has showed me things in the Word, and you've read things in the Word that are tough, they're hard. It's, it's difficult, especially in our day, to, to, to factor all that in and, and know what, what stand you take and all of that. And what God has shown me is, Kathleen, you don't have to understand it. You just have to say, I agree with you, God. I agree with you because you're God and I'm not. And that opens my heart to be obedient to Him. You know, James 3.1 has always been a little scripture of trepidation for me, probably for any teacher, because it says, Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. I don't think that's fair, do you? Maybe I could lobby against that. But see, why would that be? He's going to judge teachers more strictly because of what He's revealed to them and how much they've studied. See, it's not about what you know. It's about what you do. I mean, there are a lot of people that they know so many Scriptures and they've been to so many classes and seminary and, and all these things and they're brilliant, but they're not loving even. I mean, I can get around someone who has just become a Christian and all they know is Jesus loves me, this I know, and they have the love of God flowing out of them. And then I've been around other people who knew the Bible backwards and forwards and I felt nothing. I, I didn't feel love towards me. In one case, um, Lacey had a situation with 
somebody who is a pastor at a church somewhere, and I'm glad to say that because then you're not going to wonder if it's here, and it's definitely not this church, um, but somewhere, not in this area, not San Antonio area. And he was doing some business for him, and the pastor was really all about money, all about the acreage and how much money, and told Lacey how much money he had started and what they had, and um, just was really, he really thought he was really, really important. And Lacey said, you know, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know if I'm a believer. He never even asked if I knew Jesus. I'm just his lawyer. And I thought that is so sad for us. And it's sad for him because he probably knows a lot. The more we know, the more accountable we are. And it's not the more accountable you are to remember the scriptures or the more accountable you are to have the perfect doctrine or the more accountable you are to do more, do more, do more. That's not it. It's the more accountable you are to have love coming out of you all the time because God is love. And they should know that we're Christians by our love. And the more the word that you have in you, the more love you should have in you. Because it's not a dead word. It's alive, exciting, miracle, changing. It's amazing. And so I think that probably is fair. You know, what I think that we should do is look at things in the Bible that can help you to recognize what God might be saying to you. And one of the things that I want you to recognize is when God repeats himself. Because you'll read things in the Bible that seem repetitive. Or you'll see things in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels that are repetitive. Why would God repeat himself? Well, it's just the same reason that we would. I repeat myself to especially my children when it's important when I want to make sure they've heard me, when I want them to remember it, um, when I want them to do it. And it's almost always to the benefit of the person that I'm talking to that you repeat yourself. You don't want them to forget. And so we need to look at when God repeats himself. If we look at just Psalm 95.7, we'll start seeing a repetition of what I think he's saying to all of us today. Because it's so easy to put off things. You know, faith is now. The word says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The confidence of things not seen. Now faith. And so it's not something that you'll later have or you'll build up to. It's now. It's now. And faith comes from when you hear the word. Romans 10:17. Faith come from, comes from hearing and hearing the word. And so just sitting here hearing the word is building your faith. But I don't want you to just sit here and hear the word. I want you to go home and just tear open your Bible and, well, don't tear it, but... Be so excited to get in it and get that word in you. And just start. That's what's so amazing. You'll, you'll know. And, and God will guide you. 
It's good, good, good food. It's the only food we need. Psalm 95.7 starts repeating itself for God. It says, For He is our God and we are the people of His pasture and the flock under His care. Today, if you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Hebrews 3.7 says, Today, if you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Hebrews 3.15 says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. Hebrews 4.7 says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. What happens if you hear His voice and you don't obey Him? And you hear His voice and you don't obey Him. And you hear His voice and you don't obey Him. And you hear His voice and you don't obey Him. The Bible says that you begin to have a hardened heart. And none of us want that. We want a pliable heart that God can use. We want to be open to Him and saying, yes, I agree. Because we want to have the life that He already has for us. I I want to go to heaven and, and have Him say, yes, you actually did all of the things that I had written in the book of life for you to do. You know, He says that we're His workmanship created for good works that we should do them. And they were created before the foundation of the world. And when we are in that jive with God, when we are in that mode of, yes, I will obey you. I'm going to give you my will, really my self-will. Because that's usually the problem. It's usually not the devil. It's usually just my own will, you know. I mean, it's nice to be able to say it, it, was so, it was the devil for everything, you know? But usually it's just my own will. It's your own will. And so really growing in Christ is submitting your will to God and saying, whatever you want to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do. And then, then... Life gets exciting. Then life gets exciting. Because God has these weird, um, well, I won't say weird, but just different ways in the world, you know? The more you give, the more you get back. When you sow something, you reap it. And so sowing obedience and sowing good things, you start reaping good things. Life gets exciting. It's amazing. Here is repeated, H-E-A-R, 358 times in the Bible. Pay attention to repetition of just the phrase, let him hear. Matthew 11:15. You know, I won't even read all these, but I'm going to read some, and then I'll just start telling you the scriptures that say the same thing. Matthew 11:15. He who has ears, let him hear. Matthew 13:9. He who has ears, let him hear. And you know what's interesting about this? It doesn't say he who has eyes, let him read. It says let him hear because faith comes from hearing. So we need to hear and hear and hear. Matthew 14, excuse me, Matthew 13:43. The righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears. Let him hear. Mark 4, 9, Jesus said, He who has ears, let him hear. 
And I'm going to just say Mark 4.23 says the same thing. Luke 8.8, Luke 14.35, Revelations 2.7, Revelations 2.11, Revelations 2.17, Revelations 2.29, Revelations 3.6, Revelations 3.13, and then again Revelations 3.22. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So the Spirit's always talking, but not everybody is listening. And the Spirit wants to reveal more and more and more of God, more and more and more truth, that truth that sets you free, more and more and more joy and love. But He won't reveal some things to you if He knows you're not going to obey because God is such a God of mercy He doesn't want you to be held accountable for something you're not ready to be held accountable for. I just get so excited about this because listening to God has become such a huge thing in my life. And um, I love to talk to God, but just listening to God, I shared with you all that I used to walk all the time. It helped my back with circulation. And then after this last surgery, I can walk some, but not as much. So I've started swimming. Well, when you're swimming, you can't really be on the cell phone. You can't really be on the CD. I've seen people swim with radios, but I'm not a radio person. And so I have to be quiet. But to hear the voice of God, I mean, to hear Him, one of the things He said is today... Even though it's not what you've written down, Kathleen, you've got to tell this group of people how much I love them. I said, God, that's not, that's not part of the plan. So I'm not going to do it. I didn't do that. I said, okay, I agree. I agree with you, God. So from God to me to you, He loves you so much. He loves you so much that you can't fathom how much He loves you. And He doesn't love you less because of something you've done or not done. He loves you with His love, which doesn't get bigger or smaller. He loves you. He did die for you. You know, sometimes I think, I love, I'll, I'll look at one of my children and, or my husband and I would think, I would so easily die for my child or for my husband. I feel that way about certain friends as well. I would die, yes I would. Of course I know where I'm going too, so that's not a bad plan. As long as you don't torture me. You see, God already did. He's got that much love. And I really feel like he has us here because he wants us to all begin to say, I agree. And the greatest thing about that is you don't have to say, well, now God, I'm saying I agree, and now God, I'm finally listening to you. You don't have to say that and, and, and be upset because you're a certain age. Because with God, there is no age. And I look at the people that he used most in the Bible, and they were older. Why were they older? they'd lived a little. They probably tried to live on their own for a while. It didn't work out too well. And they finally say to God, 
it's you or nothing. I mean, I know who I am. And then God says, yes, but you don't know who you are in me. He wants His children to come boldly before the throne of grace, just like your kids hopefully would have the love, and, and especially when they're little, to just come and run and go, Daddy, and jump in your lap. That's what He wants. Because He loves us so much. He loves you all so much. Well, let me go back to this. I thought it was very, very interesting that listen is mentioned 332 times in the Bible. So obviously I'm not going to read all those. I made you nervous, didn't I? And you know what? We can be present somewhere without listening, right? We can hear things but not really listen, right? I mean, for me it was called college. But God says, listen, I love love these scriptures. Proverbs 4. I love Proverbs 4. I love the whole thing. I'm just going to read just a little bit. My son, pay attention to what I say and listen closely to my words. Do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart, for they will be life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. I mean, God wants us to be so filled with His Word that we're applying it all the time, everywhere. And, and just wait. It'll happen. I mean, get in the Word. Just read a couple of things before breakfast or focus on a couple of uh, Psalms or Proverbs and you'll start, the Holy Spirit will get so excited that you've actually focused on something in the Word because He knows the Word's powerful and He'll start using it in your life. I mean, just one word from God can change your life, your whole family's life. One word is that powerful. What happens when we don't listen? Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. He was actually a young prophet that was reticent to be a prophet. He was not sure he wanted to be a prophet because he was so young. But they call him the weeping prophet because the people that he was called to prophesy to would never Listen, the book of Jeremiah contains the word listen 48 times. And here in Jeremiah 6.10 it says, To whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed so they cannot hear. The word of God is offensive to them. They find no pleasure in it. They did not listen or pay attention. They did not turn from their wickedness or stop burning incense to other gods. Do we not live in that time where the Word of God is um, offensive to people? And if it's not offensive, they just find no pleasure in it. Because see, to them, the Word is dead. It's just ancient words. But to us, we know that the Word is eternal life. It's not only eternal life, but it's eternal life down here. We know that we don't have to be depressed down here because we have someone that can lift us up and out of depression. I've been so excited lately because um, I've always prayed for the gift of healing and praying over people and then they might be well. And um, it's, I don't have it. <laughs> but 
I seemed to have a gift for praying over people who were depressed. And sometimes you have to pray more than once. But I see things lifting every time I pray. And that's from God. See, God has equipped all of us in the body to help all the rest of us so that we can be free, so that we can have abundant life. And that's why He doesn't want any of us to be mavericks. He doesn't want any of us to be off on our own because we need the body of Christ to live. I know I shared this with you, but when I had leukemia, I had 27 blood transfusions. And each of those represent about six or seven different people. And they take forever, each one. And, And I prayed to God and I said, God, you know, you just gave me such a, and knowing that I would be healed, and I know your word, I'm being healed, and I, I, I see it, and, and I just had no fear, and I knew, but I said, why 27 blood transfusions? And the Lord said, you're going to go out and teach my body that they need the body, that people need people. We all need to be transfused by one another. And that's why I'm so glad you're here. You know, the book of Hebrews says, don't stop meeting together. Because when you get isolated, that's when you're vulnerable. We know that with animals. Go to Africa and the weakest one, the one that is isolated and already down, is the one that the lion can get. So we want to make sure that we keep meeting together and that we keep encouraging one another and that we use our gifts to help one another and that we hear. Sometimes you'll hear for someone else. Instead of judging, pray for them. Love on them. Send them a card. Do whatever you be, whatever you're led to do by the Holy Spirit. But be open. Say, God, I, you know, obviously you've showed me something about this person and obviously I'm not supposed to just use that and go somewhere and talk about it. I am supposed to help them. I know I am. And so show me how. Just being open to listen. Not listening and not paying attention brings curses. And I think that it's not fair for me to not talk about that because that is a, it's a big deal. Curses do not come from God. God is good. He's a good, good God. In the Old Testament, they had no revelation of Satan because they had no authority over Satan. The person that came and taught about Satan a lot was Jesus. He said, I came that I might destroy the works of the enemy. And so back in the Old Testament, they thought everything was God. And so when you're reading the Old Testament and it says, and God sent this and God sent that, I'm going to read this so that you understand what I believe. Matthew, excuse me, Malachi 2.2. If you do not listen and if you do not set your heart to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will let depart a curse upon you and you will not have your blessings. I have already cursed them because you have not set your heart to honor me. Hebrew, the word send, means let it depart. Let it depart. But what God is saying is if you don't listen to me, if you harden your heart, there will be curses. 
But if you open your heart and listen to me in obedience, there will be blessings. And we're not shocked. Because if our children don't listen to us and they harden their heart against us and they rebel and they do everything that we've asked them not to do, there's going to be what God might call curses. You love them, but you're going to discipline them. Right? And you're not going to cause the things that are bad that are going to happen to them, but they're going to happen because you do reap what you sow. You discipline them, so God disciplines us, but then we open the door to the enemy. We get out from under the protection of God, the umbrella of God, when we don't obey Him. Just like if you told your child, don't run in the street. I know you shouldn't. Don't run in the street. They're safe right there unless they disobey you and run into the street, and then they're not safe. And I want to be under the safety of God. I want to be just like Psalm 91, and I know you do too, that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty, and, and, and we will say to God, you are my shelter, my stronghold, my God in whom I trust. I mean, that covering. Storm was really scared um, a couple of nights ago, and he was just really, really scared. And um, I said, you know, don't worry, Daddy, and I pray, and you are covered. Don't worry. Nothing is going to happen. You just need to go to bed. And he said, you mean Dad's got a force field around me? And I said, well, God does. And I thought about that. I said, I thought about that. I thought, that's perfect. When we're in obedience, we have a force field around us. It doesn't mean that we won't have challenges. It doesn't mean we won't have trials. But I would so much rather have those challenges and trials under the force field of God than out on my own. I've been in both places. And out on my own and knowing that I'm not in the obedience of God is not a good place to be. It's better to be under that force field. In Exodus 15:26, God says, If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord and do what is right in His eyes, if you pay attention to His commands and keep His decrees, then you'll be blessed. So good. You know, interestingly enough, not listening and not paying attention to God may cause God to pass us over. I've thought so many times about David being chosen above his brothers, you know? All those brothers that came in front, and yet little David was chosen. Or David coming against Goliath with a slingshot when the whole army is not going to do it. And see, it wasn't ability. Again, it was not ability. It was availability. It was David going, okay, here I am, God. And obviously he heard God's voice and he wasn't scared. And when it didn't matter and when no one was looking, he had obeyed God and practiced. See, that's the deal. He killed the lion and the bear. He had honed that skill and obedience to God before he got within the bad situation. And I do that. I, I do that. I try to practice when it doesn't matter. You know? I really do. I'm trying to think 
of good examples. But I mean, everywhere, like even in the grocery store, like, Lord, you know, show me what to buy. I mean, if I pick something up and it's not good for our family, then let me put it down. I'm not always obedient to that, but, you know, in God, and you don't have to be that particular. I mean, I'm not saying your whole life, everything you do, you know, you have to pray before you do it, because we have so much freedom in Christ. Oh, my gosh. We have so much freedom. We know that it was a sacrifice, a free gift to us to go to heaven. But to attain that eternal life and that abundant life, On this earth, that is our choice. And it comes with obeying Him. Have you ever wondered why the Gospel was sent to the Gentiles? I mean, Paul tells us. Paul tells us why. Some were convinced by what Paul said and some would not believe as he was talking to the Jews. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul made his final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers when he said through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. They've closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. God speaks to who listens. Here's some keys I think are good, um, just from what I read. God speaks, well, God stops speaking to us if we refuse to hear. He doesn't stop loving us. But until we open up back to him and say, God, open my deaf ears, please. Open my blind eyes. Melt my hardened heart. See, that's what I love about God is he all, you can always turn back. And then when you do, he restores all things to better than they were before. I don't know any other God that would do that. That means all that time you weren't listening, he can restore that somehow. He does. It's amazing. He's a God of restoration. But continual disobedience causes a hardened heart. A hardened heart makes someone unable to hear. I'm going to close with these scriptures because they just mean so much to me. And, you know, if you want, write them down. Truly, um, this is a place to bring your Bibles and to write things down because you might hear something that, that strikes you in your heart and then you won't remember where it is or what it is. Proverbs one thirty two says, For the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. You know, wouldn't it be wonderful to just live your life without fear of harm? You all, I'm there. I, I'm no perfect person. And I, I know I told you all that I was born, like, fearful. 
I know I told you that. And I'm all, I still have the 9 million questions. I'm still 9 million questions. You know how many questions I've asked my publisher? The book came out a couple of days ago, and I've emailed the publisher and asked her 8 million questions because I'm not that savvy about books and publishing. It's my first book. But I love answers. I love learning. But sometimes I love to just know what's going on everywhere all the time, even things I don't need to know. Proverbs 2.1 says, My son, if you accept my words and store my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding and he holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield, a force field. Actually, didn't say that. But it's the same thing. To those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair Every path for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Make that your prayer right now. Let's make that our prayer. Lord, we just bow before you right now, crying out for wisdom, crying out for you to reveal more and more and for us to be able to say, I agree. Here I am, Lord. What do you want me to do? Lord, I pray that you would remove any fear that someone might have in doing that. We know that fear isn't from you. It's a spirit. And that you haven't given us a spirit of fear, Second Timothy 1.7, but power, love, and a sound mind. So that fear should be gone because we're going to our Father who loves us and has only good things for us. Father, we come to you and cry aloud. We search for you as silver and gold. And we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would forgive us for all the noise that we listen to above your voice. Teach us. Help us to know Matthew 6.33 that we can seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all the other things will be added unto us. We have all the other things every day. We have all the other things every day. We'll have all the other things next week, next month, next year. But if we seek you first, they'll be added. Lord Jesus, I ask you for joy to come into the heart of anyone who doesn't feel joyful today. I ask you for hope to come. I ask for there to be a tingle of excitement in everyone knowing that as soon as they open their Bible, you're going to be speaking to them. As soon as they bend the knee, they'll hear your voice because you promised that if we cried out to you, that you would hear us and that we would hear you. So thank you, Father, for that opening blind eyes, 
opening ears that couldn't hear. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message. To order a copy of this and other messages, please call us in San Antonio, Texas at 210-822-5500 or toll free outside the San Antonio area, 877-397-7773. That's 1-877-397-7773. Visit our website, KathleenWhitten.org, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-W-H-I-T-T-E-N.org. Thank you.